Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today I want to have a conversation with you all about a very sensitive subject. It's actually one that's very personal to me. And um, in light of recent events, I felt that it was important to bring this topic, raise more awareness to the podcast So for those who may not know, um, writer Jazz Waters was pronounced dead, I believe last week. And a few days later, it surfaced that the cause of death was suicide. I felt very saddened by that news. And if you follow me on Instagram, or Facebook, you probably saw that I I had a post about the incident, um, just expressing how I felt and how saddened I was to hear that news because externally, she was successful. Um, she seemed to enjoy what she did as far as her, her career. She was uh, one of the writers for the show. This is us. She was also a journalist at one point, a very gifted and talented writer. And I, I always like to dig and look for more um, signs of it because as someone who has personally survived a near fatal suicide attempt, um, which was over 10 years ago. And to be honest with you guys, I, I have still, battled with suicidal ideations periodically since then. And I wanted to look for the signs. So I went over to her Twitter after seeing a post on Instagram that indicated that the cause of death was suicide. And so I went to her Instagram and the signs were very evident to me. Um, I could see it. I don't know if I could see it as someone who has also suffered with those ideations. However, I could see it. There was a lot of, um, she was battling with anxiety pretty heavily and I could start to see like this, this spiral. And so I thought it was important to share with you all the possible suicide warning signs because many times when someone loses a loved one by suicide, they begin to ask questions. um, Why didn't I know? They say they didn't know. They didn't see the signs. Some say, but they seem so happy. They were so successful. Um, They were doing great. All of these external things. But you guys, one thing about suicidal ideations, it is a very internal experience. And there are some signs that you can look for, evident signs, but the problem and one of the myths is that your life should appear a certain way externally to not battle with those ideations. And that's just not true. That's not fact. 
What's fact is you could very much have an external life that may appear glamorous to someone that may appear like they have it all together, that they're successful, that they're happy, that they're content, that they're gifted and talented and all of those things. But it doesn't negate the fact that a person can have a very real internal experience that is very opposite to what is uh, being shown externally. And I'm able to speak this so articulately like this because I have experienced it. You guys, I have experienced it where I am in a healthy, loving marriage. I have an amazing supportive life partner. I mean, God broke the mold when he made this one. I mean, he's just, he's an, he's an incredible man. And I, I have a couple of businesses that I am working on that I'm very passionate about. Um, I have experienced a tremendous amount of growth and healing and, evo and evolution and evolution in my life. So externally, a lot of people probably would say, well, Cassandra's life is amazing. She's relocated across the country. She's living in the Sunshine State. She has this successful husband who can um, financially support her and her, her dream right now and all these things. But you guys, that does not negate the fact of the internal experience that one has. And I'm sharing this because if I'm transparent with you all, Earlier this year, I was having those thoughts. And it was at a time where externally, I was reaching out. I was reaching out. I was telling friends that I was struggling with the transition <clears throat> because I had never um, not had a day job. And so even though I had um, clients in my coaching business and um, I had some things lined up and I, I started an, another business with a health and wellness company and that was taking off extremely fast. I mean, whew, <laughs> really fast. And um, things seemingly, you know, going well to the person who's looking at my life from an external point of view. However, internally, I was having a very different experience and I was reaching out and I was telling friends I'm struggling and, and no one was listening. No one was listening. No one heard me. All I kept hearing was, well, at least you have a husband who can financially support you. At least your husband's successful. At least you're living down in Florida because it's cold up here. At least this, at least that. And when you are having suicidal ideations, it's not the easiest thing to come out and say it. I'm just keeping it real. There's a lot of shame that's attached to it. There's a lot of guilt. Um, there's a lot of confusion because you know externally you're, you're very blessed. However, internally, it's like this cognitive dissonance. Internally, you're having a very different experience and you can't even explain it. You can't explain why externally you are so blessed, but internally you are still suffering in silence and it just does not make sense, especially to the person suffering in silence. And I'm sharing this, you guys, because many people have this misconception that if you battle with 
depression, anxiety, or suicidal ideations, um, that you're miserable, that you're not a happy person. And that's not true. That is not fact. There are a lot of chemical and psychological contributions that can cause depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideations that have absolutely nothing to do with a person being miserable, happy, whatever people want to, um, say with these notions, because I've, I've heard that before where people say, oh, they were looking all good on the outside, but they were miserable behind closed doors. And I, how insensitive, how judgmental, how critical, how presumptuous and how very wrong they are because I have been in those shoes. I'm not a miserable person. I'm not unhappy, but unfortunately, and fortunately, because I've, I'm, I've learned to accept um, parts of myself that took decades to accept, that I have a condition that can cause that. And that's why my coping skills are important. That's why being on a lifelong journey of recovery is important. That's why having um, community and support is important. And so... It really, really saddens me. And if I'm really honest with y'all, it angers me when I hear these faulty remarks that have absolutely nothing to do with why a person is suffering internally. Now, don't get me wrong. There are, there are cases where there's situational depression, which is very different than what I'm talking about here. Today, I'm not talking about situational depression um, situational depression is where, for instance, um, just to paint a picture, maybe like a, a high six figure CEO, um, the company goes under, he loses his job, him and his family were living this lavish, luxurious lifestyle. They lose it all. He doesn't know how to handle it. He commits suicide. That would be considered situational depression, suicide by circumstances. Okay. What I'm describing here, you all, is condition related. And I want to make that clear because a lot of times people are combining the two when they're unrelated and it's not fair to the person who is actually suffering with a condition that they can't help or change. Now we can manage, we can cope, we can get support, but if I could go inside of my brain, you guys, and pluck out that thing that causes those moments, trust me, I would. <laughs> I would have done it many, many years ago. So I want to make sure I preface this conversation with you all with that, because I hear so many, and really it's just ignorance. And ignorance doesn't mean you're dumb or stupid. It's lack of knowing. Ignorance is speaking about something you have no knowledge of. And so I want to dispel the myths. I want to educate you all and share with you all facts so that you have a better understanding of what this is, what this means and what this looks like, because you may have someone in your life who is suffering in silence and your ignorance is not helping or supporting them. Now, you may think that sounds harsh, but I'm just keeping it real and being honest. I've been the person suffering in silence. I've been the person who has not heard from anyone in months. 
not a phone call asking me how I'm doing. I've been the person who's reached out for help and heard crickets. I've been the person who was judged by my external life and all the factors, the things people could see while suffering with an invisible illness. So I know what it feels like. I know what it's like. And I want to do my due diligence in educating the masses so that maybe people can learn because when you know better, you can do better. And it's my hope that you will take the time to educate yourselves so that if you have someone in your life who's suffering in silence, you can respond appropriately. You can provide safe spaces and support and accountability, and you can release the judgment, the criticism, and the projection. Because I'll tell y'all, that doesn't help. And in fact, it just pushes a person to isolation, which is one of the, um, one of the warning signs. And I'll start with that is isolation. Now, there is a vast difference between isolation and solitude. I teach this to my community. I have a private online support group called the Transformation Experience on Facebook. I also do individual um, one-on-one sessions and I have an online eight-week coaching program. We're actually in the midst of that right now on week two starting today. And I'm always sharing with my community and my clients and my students that there is a vast difference between isolation and solitude. And isolation typically is when a person is dealing with something, growing through something, suffering in silence from something, and they have comp- they're isolating, they're withdrawing. It could be for a number of reasons. Maybe they don't feel safe to share what they're experiencing. They don't have that safe space. They don't feel like they have that community and that support. It could also be because they don't want to bleed their wounds onto others. I've also uh, isolated for that reason where we are the type of individuals where instead of going around and, um, you know, sharing with the world what's going on with us, we'll actually isolate and deal with it in private and in silence. However, for those of us who do battle with suicidal ideations, um, that is dangerous. That is very dangerous because then people in your world start to get used to it and they'll say things like, oh, that's Cassandra's always done that and been like that. Not realizing that I was actually battling with suicidal thoughts at that time. Now, the difference with solitude is I like to say it's more intention based, meaning you may go on a sabbatical. We see that a lot in the spiritual world and faith based communities where um, the leader may go on a sabbatical. And really, that's a time for replenishing. It's a time for restoration, reconnecting with God, their higher power so that they can get filled back up. And then as they go back out, they can um, share whatever revelations they received. Solitude can also be used for the same reason without the spiritual context. It could be used for restoring, replenishing, and reconnecting with self and God. I've used it for that reason myself. And so sometimes people may see me post on social that I've gone for a very long hike. 
um, that I've spent time outdoors. Um, for me, a lot of my solitude time is outdoors. There's just something about nature being outside where I'm able to process better, get more clarity and be able to experience um, more restoration. So solitude is really it's an actual constructive experience where you are actually going through this process of filling self back up, getting some clarity, um, getting reconnected and, and things like that. So it's, it's a different experience than isolation. Isolation could look like binge watching um, a show or movies um, to avoid pain or to avoid what's going on or to numb. Um, it could look like laying in the bed for hours or days at a time because you just can't face the day. It can look like not reaching out, not talking with anyone, um, completely shutting down, withdrawing from the world because you can't even make sense yourself what you're experiencing. And so they're, they're two totally different experiences. So one of the possible suicide warning signs, and it's typically one of the top ones, is withdrawing in isolation. Um, another one is if you've heard people make these types of statements, and I'm getting this from psychologycentral.com. I wanted to provide you all with some, um, with some professional statistics. So Psychology um, Central says that about 70% of people who commit suicide give some sort of verbal or nonverbal clue about their intention to end their life. That is a very high percentage, you guys, 70%. They're giving a warning sign. And so some things you may have ever heard someone say, if they said two or more of the following um, could be a possible indication of suicidal ideations. Life isn't worth living. My friends, my family, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my significant other, my kids, whomever would be better off without me. Next time I'll take enough pills to do the right job or to do the job right. Take my prized collections or valuables. I don't need this stuff anymore. Don't worry, I won't be around to deal with that. You'll be sorry when I'm gone. I won't be in your way much longer. I just can't deal with everything. Life's too hard. Soon I won't be a burden anymore. Nobody understands me. Nobody feels the way I do. There's nothing I can do to make it better. I'd be better off dead. I feel like there is no way out. You'd be better off without me. Um, some other some other indications that could be potential warning signs of um, suicidal ideations is if you've noticed someone doing one or more of the following activities, getting their affairs in order, like paying off debts, changing their will, changing their benefactors on um, policies and um, assets, giving away their personal possessions. Signs of planning a suicide, such as obtaining a weapon or writing a suicide note. Um, and then when it comes to the mood aspect, because remember, um, there is a mood aspect when it comes to this. The, the mood has been shifted, could be due to depression or anxiety. Um, again, we're not talking about situational depression here today. We're talking about the actual condition. Um, so it, suicide is one of the most important 
or suicide is one of the most serious symptoms of someone who is suffering from severe depression. So common signs of depression include depressed or sad mood, a change in the person's sleeping patterns. Um, maybe they're sleeping too much, too little, having difficulty sleeping the night through a significant change in the person's weight or appetite, speaking and or moving with unusual speed or slowness, loss of interest or pleasure in usual activities like their hobbies, outdoor activities, hanging out with friends. Again, going back to that isolation and withdrawing, um, withdrawing from friends and family, fatigue or loss of energy, diminished ability to, to think or concentrate, slow thinking or indecisiveness, feelings of worthlessness, self-reproach or guilt, and thoughts of death, suicide, or wishes to be dead. So that is coming from Psychology Central. I wanted to share, um, like I said, a professional point of view when it comes to some warning signs and some things that you can look for in a friend, in a loved one, in a colleague, someone that you have somewhat of consistent contact with because the signs are there, you guys. 70% of people show warning signs. Huge number, huge number. Um, and so I really want to encourage those of you who have no clue about this subject. And I want to encourage you to educate yourself. Do the due diligence of educating yourself. Look up what to say when someone is suffering. Look up how you can support them. Look up how you can hold space for them and provide a safe space where they can even be honest and open. And I'll tell you guys, um, that's one thing about the mister is that um, he has helped me to feel safe to share that. And I'll tell you as from one survivor to another, if I have another survivor listening to this or someone who suffers from this themselves, having at least one person in your life who you can say, I'm having these thoughts, it actually helps you to verbalize it, get it out and then talk through it. And it helps to deal with it. Um, I spent many years suffering in silence and to the point where almost near over 10 years ago, I did try to take my life. Um, I had a grandma seizure. It knocked me unconscious after an overdose on a bottle of Celexa, which is an antidepressant. And the doctors told me I was lucky to be alive. And then I, I was a walking miracle. Um, I was in the ICU unit and then eventually um, transitioned from there to start my recovery. So I'm not saying this from someone who has screen suicide for attention seeking, because I've been accused of that before too. I'm not saying this from someone who is, um, isolating because I thought I was better than everybody. It's because I was suffering and I have survived something that almost took my life. And that's why I fight for my life when I have those thoughts. Um, and it helped me to release the shame and the guilt around what I was experiencing. And I learned that if I verbalize it, it helps me to actually face it and deal with it and then start to work my way backwards to see what triggered me. How did that make me feel and start to work the steps of the process to help me unravel that. It's like, it's like yarn. You just get all raveled up mentally and you have to go back and rework the steps to see what 
created and caused that spiral effect. And the mister really has um, been that support for me. And along with having a therapist and, um, and I've always invested in, in life coaching as well for my personal development because therapy and life coaching is two totally different services. So I really felt compelled to share this with you all after hearing about the, um, the sudden and tragic loss of Jazz Waters um, due to suicide. It really broke my heart. It just broke my heart. And it bothers me the most when people just act so shocked and they're so stunned and you know, and they, it's almost like they turn this into a, um, oh my gosh, I wish I knew thing, but you guys signs are there. 70% show signs, you guys, 70%, no excuses, you guys, no excuses. And I, and I just want to end off here with asking you all a question. Are you so self-absorbed with your life that you don't even know what's going on in the lives of those you claim you care about? And I, and I want to end off with that and let you think about that because it does hurt when you're the one that's always reaching out to people and ask them how you're doing. But then when you pull back, you notice that it's not reciprocated. You don't get that same energy back. Um, if you are vulnerable and share what you're growing through and what you're experiencing and you're met with um, people's projections, maybe they're envious. I don't know what it is. Um, it's not my stuff to deal with. It's theirs. But you guys, it does affect the person. It does. So be a bit more mindful about how you're interacting with people. Educate yourselves on this subject. And if you claim out your mouth that you care about someone, Show it and act like it. Until next time, y'all, peace, love, and blessings to every single one of you. And I want to end off here with if you are someone listening to this episode and you are having suicidal thoughts or ideations, hope is not lost. And I know how you feel. You are not alone. And if you feel you don't have anyone to talk to or turn to, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. I send you love. I send you peace. I send you hope. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.